Welcome to Beer Me. I am your host, Sarah Jane. Every episode, I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world. From brewers, importers, educators, this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So I'm very excited uh, for the show today. Um, I have one of my favorite people on the show. This is, I'm welcoming Erica Gadrick. She is the owner of Craft Beer Cellar in Washington, D.C. on 8th Street, H Street. Um, Erica, thank you so much for taking time to join the show. Thank you for having me, Sarah. And right back at you, being one of my favorite people as well. Um, Hugs to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So Erica owns probably my favorite beer store ever. Um, It's right on H Street, really kind of busy area, very walkable area in D.C. Um, But it is this perfect gem. There's an amazing selection of local things, um, some rare stuff. She has a really beautiful selection of um, beers from around the world, ciders, seltzers, non-alcoholic beers. I mean, just every little thing that you could possibly want, but really, really thoughtfully curated, really beautifully organized. And of course, if you ever need any help, Erica is a genius and can help you with everything. So knowing that, I wanted to have Erica on the show to talk a little bit about buying beer because it is the season of buying things for people and for yourself, of course, you should you know take time to treat yourself. But we want to go through some basic you know retail tips of how to buy beer. We've brushed on this on the show a little bit, and then some more kind of seasonal specific um, you know buying tips and and gift giving and that kind of thing. So Erica, thank you again. and you ready to dive in? Let's go. <laughs> awesome. So let's start with the most basic, basic kind of rules of thumb. You know, when you're going to buy beer, what are some things that you want to look for and what are some things that you want to avoid? Well, one, it depends if you're buying for yourself or you're buying for somebody else. Um, If you're buying for yourself, you know what styles you like, um, what ABV you like. And so one, I would say don't be afraid to explore um, and try new things in your styles, but also don't be afraid to go outside of your comfort zone. And so like we offer tastings um, once a week where you can come in and people are always like, oh, I don't like cider. I'm not going to do the tasting. And I'm like, it's just a little tasty. Like we'll dump it if you don't like it, but here's your chance to try. And it's all, I'm always amazed because people are like, you know, that I actually didn't mind that. That was pretty good. And so be, be willing to explore um, and step outside of your comfort zone, but um, also try new things within the styles that you like and new breweries. Um, still getting a ton of new breweries that are coming in either opening or that are coming to the market. And so have fun with it and explore, just have fun. But also if you find a favorite, don't be afraid to go back to, to ones that you know that you like. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like, you know, there's so many amazing things that come out year after year after year. And then you stop and you're like, oh man, I haven't had two hearted from Bells in forever. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. And then you're like, all right, I need to, I need to get another six pack of that. Yes. Um, but so, and let's get even more basic, like looking at, you know, the way the beer is stored or, you know, kind of like, for example, anytime I go into a beer shop and there's like a mass collection on the shelf of like, just, just a random selection of bottles. And it's like, build your own six pack. I'm always a little bit wary of that because I know that, especially for like grocery stores, that's a way to get rid of like older stock or, you know, things that, you know, aren't ideal, but like, what are some, what are some basics that people should look out for? Yeah. Um, definitely check the date that's on the beer and that could be you have to pay attention because some places do some breweries put on their brewed on date some people put best by date and so you kind of have to suss that out and there's also people use just what i'll say normal date coding some people use the julian method and so you have to kind of suss that out um but then there's also when they use the brewed by date it's like okay well how good is this for beer doesn't necessarily go bad uh, it doesn't spoil. It's not going to make you sick like milk could if it's expired. But the hops tend to degrade over time. So things like an IPA or a hoppy lager will have a shorter shelf life than, say, your Belgian beers or um, your Imperial Stouts. And so you definitely want to look at that. Also, look, I mean, we have bottles that have dust on them too. Sometimes they come from the distributor with dust and we try to wipe them off, but it's constantly, as you know, from cleaning your house, dust is a losing battle, I think. But, you know, as long as it's not covered in dust and doesn't look like it's been sitting there, though there there are some gems definitely that if they've been sitting there for five years, that would be okay. Um, I'm thinking Belgian Sporval. Um, but yeah, and then just the overall condition of the package, if you will, um, and that's not to say like there are bottles um, that their labels can kind of get a little ripped just from being pulled out of the box or whatever. Um, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. But just look at the condition that something's not super dented, super um, looks like it's been spilled on that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think also like being aware of, you know, maybe if there's some fairly obvious or egregious temperature you know, I, I distinctly remember there was a beer shop in Queens and, um, you know, kind of like right by where like the the window AC unit was. They had like kind of beer lined up and you could kind of feel like the hot air kind yeah. of coming through the sides. And, you know, beer doesn't like hot air. That That <laughs> so, is... That is absolutely correct. It's not something that I think about. We keep the store 68 degrees here. Our windows Mm -hmm. are tinted to protect the beer from sunlight. And so um, not something that's just in my mind because this is my life, but um, that is definitely something that you want to want to keep an eye on is the temperature and you don't want something that's sitting in direct sunlight either. Yeah, no, for sure. And see, this is another reason why I love your shop is because you go in and you're, it's like all of a sudden the crazy sounds and smells and everything of H Street just kind of like seals out for just a moment. Um, Okay. So those are some basics. And then now, as far as you had said, when you're shopping for yourself, or even if you're shopping for somebody else, if you know that somebody's like, you know, oh, this person is always a pale ale drinker, or this person always like saisons, or this person likes sours. Um, 
you know, you had said it's a good idea to kind of branch out a little bit and explore new things. So let's do, you know, a couple of styles as far as, you know, say I'm a customer, I'm searching for this style. And then you can kind of explain what's another style that might be fun for you to try. Sure. Does that sound good? Sure. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll go back to, to the beer I referenced earlier. So I am a, uh, IPA drinker and my favorite IPA is, uh, Bell's Two Hearted. What's something kind of fun I could try that would get me out of my comfort zone a little bit. To get you out of your comfort zone. I would say one, we could go the route of hazy IPAs, um, the new mm-hmm. England style, something more juicy. So you won't get as much bitterness, um, that you would in a Bell's Two Hearted, but still in that IPA family. You could also, we could also direct you to um, something like a stout or a porter that has those kind of bitter roasty notes to it to see if you would like that. Yeah. And that's, I love that because especially, you know, with Bell's, they've got that really great multi backbone. And so bridging into, you know, a stout or a porter to kind of turn up those malt notes. Yes. A hundred percent. I love that. The bitterness just comes from a different place. (laughs) <laughs> it'll be coming from the malt instead of the hops, right. but you'll still get that little bit of little bit of kick there. No, yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so let's say I am a uh, tried and true sour drinker. I love barrel aged, funky, all kinds of stuff. What's something that you would recommend that would be maybe unexpected for me to try, but would 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 give me a a cool experience. Sure. Um, So I would say definitely try a Saison, um, which those Saisons can go different directions there. You can get more of sort of the um, herbal spicy, not spicy in the terms of like peppers, but that herbal spicy note to them. Some of them get super funky and barnyardy to them. Um, Some of them do have some sour notes to them. And so Saison's is such a broad category, I think, where brewers have so much flexibility where they can go that um, that definitely, because it sounds like in the sour world, you're willing to explore and go. And so I think Saison's would be a great way to go. And there are some strong flavors in them, just like there can be in sours. And so that I think would be a good compliment there. Nice. No, I love it. I totally agree. And I think uh, you always have some really fun Saison selections for sure. I think a lot of times that is the section that is lacking in a lot of uh, beer retail and, you know, but that's just my soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right. So let's say that I am a customer coming in and I'm shopping for somebody else. Um, so let's say I am shopping for somebody who is a hard seltzer drinker but I want to get them something more in the beer family. So that I, again, might lead to Cezanne, something that's um, a little more carbonated and fizzy, or Mm -hmm. I would also, you could potentially, depending how they feel about sours, go the sour route. Um, If they like really fruity seltzers, you could also lean toward what they now call the smoothie beers or smoothie sours. Um, They're super thick. Um, so they don't have as much carbonation as a seltzer would, but, uh, they would fruity. Yes, exactly. Um, and doesn't have that beer feel necessarily to it. 
And then I would also say a whip beer. Um, Ooh, yeah, that would be cool. Something those those can be kind of spritzy and and fun, and they have sort of those orange characteristics, subtle um, that are behind it. That I think that could work for a seltzer drinker too. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I could definitely get behind that. Now, let's say that you are going to search for a beer for somebody who is typically like a red wine drinker. Ooh, um, red wine. I would go Flemish red. I mean, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is, I was going to say, I was like, this is where I go Rodenbach. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I just looked to my right and <laughs> saw the Rodenbach and I was like, oh yeah, Rodenbach, the Duchess. Um, so that <laughs> Flemish red, Oud Brune, they again, vary on their notes of sourness. Um, but yeah, um, we, I don't think we have it anymore, but the Wild East had Sinister Rouge, which was really good. Um, another mm-hmm. Flemish red, but there's a ton of Belgians. You could even go into like uh, Tilquin. Um, you could do Lindemans is on the sweeter side, uh, yeah. but you could go there as well. So that's kind of the style that I would stick to for them. Nice. So, and I'll give you, I'll just give you one more here. So let's say you are purchasing a beer that's going to be kind of put out as like a white elephant. So you kind of need like a crowd pleaser. Um, and of course, something that is exciting enough that, you know, it gets stolen a bunch. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> of course, depends on your price point there, um, mm-hmm. which usually those white elephants are somewhere between 10 and $20. So let's settle on the yeah. 15. Um, the yeah. thing that I would normally do there is like a large format bottle though I'm Mm -hmm. also super conscientious of the fact that those have sort of uh, even before the pandemic but because of the pandemic people aren't doing bottle shares as much and those are the large format bottles that you tend to share and so it's hard to um drink that hard to go through a magnum of beer yes (laughs) exactly um, and so if you're going to go large bottle format the two that I would recommend um are the Allagash Curio or the mm-hmm. Degar Triple. Um, both of those are pretty crowd pleasers. Um, Curio is a Belgian triple that's been aged in bourbon barrels. Um, the Degar is a Belgian style triple too. And so um, you're not going to go sour. You're not getting too bitter. It's just something that's pleasing in the middle. If yeah. you don't want to do a large format, and we have 500 milliliter bottles, which would work too. Um, mm-hmm. And so something like, um, so you could put, depending on the price again, one or two of those together, or you could even do a four pack. And so get, um, you know, some hazy, juicy IPA from a brand like Other Half or Equilibrium that's kind of um, got some buzz around it, if you will. Um, yeah. but honestly, I'd, I'd be happy with a six pack of two hearted or a six pack of, of raised <laughs> by wolves from right proper. Like, um, so I, I, I think honestly you're giving beer, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, you are in the front line of consumption basically and trends, what have you seen lately as far as people, you know, what are people getting excited about uh, comparing kind of maybe more seasoned drinkers versus, you know, people who are, you know, kind of dipping their toes into the beer world? What are those two different groups gravitating towards? Sure. Um, well, 
first of all, because tis the season and getting colder outside, we definitely have more people looking for your darker, heartier, more warming beers like porters and stouts or the winter seasonals, um, Great Lakes Christmas sale, Strafa Hendrick Christmas, those sorts of things. But you take out the season and just overall, I would say um, hazy IPAs definitely still the trend, still overall the biggest seller, what people come in and looking for. And um, because those rotate a lot or breweries are constantly putting out new ones or rotating them, um, there's always new options for people to try. Uh, but I also see a lot of the seasoned drinkers gravitating to more lagers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have been trying to find more lagers to bring in, um, both, (laughs) both like light lagers, pilsners to amber lagers to, uh, dark lagers now, especially, uh, and even like people like Wheatland Springs do some barrel aged lagers. We just got the Baltic Porter is a lager style. Um, so we just yeah. had the framing hammer from Jack's Abbey as well as their, like they do variants. So we've got maple doodle and French toast and, um, that. So people, people are gravitating more toward the loggers. I feel like it's something we in the industry have talked about for a long, the loggers, the loggers are making a comeback. Yeah. We're, we're going to loggers. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's not happening. It's not happening. And no, I don't think it's to the point where it's going to overtake IPAs. Um, but I do see more people like, Hey, I'd like something a little bit lighter. Right. Just want something crisp and easy drinking. So uh, yeah. there's that. For those who are newer to the craft beer world, definitely the smoothie beers uh, mm-hmm. have been uh, something they've been gravitating towards. So like I said, usually they have, those are heavily fruit pureed or have milk, sugar, or lactose added to them. It gives it a thicker uh, mouthfeel, thicker body. Um, some of them, it's almost like you're drinking a smoothie. Um, and... Uh, some of them call them sours, smoothie sours. I don't, in my mind, I've had a lot of sours in my life. They're not super sour that Mm -hmm. I'm just like, let's call them smoothie beers and not smoothie sours. Um, some of them do have (laughs) some tartness to them, but, um, but yeah, it's. Yeah, but the tartness comes from things like passion fruit and pineapple and not, you know, bacteria. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Yes. So, um, but yeah, that's something that, uh, people new to craft beer are, are gravitating towards. Nice. And are you still, I mean, I, I've been looking at a lot of the trends. Um, are you still seeing a distinct climb in demand for non-alcoholic beers and non-alcoholic beverages? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we actually, a couple of weeks ago, did a mindful drinking festival here, um, relatively small, but we had so that b- because it started because I wanted to do a tasting with non-alcoholic beverage, but I'm like, okay, Boulevard has one non-alcoholic beer. Guinness has one non-alcoholic beer. How am I going to get, like, I'm not going to get people here for one beverage and a rep in here to serve one beverage how do I do this? And so then I was like, well, let's do a mini festival contacted Derek Brown, who we've worked with before. And, um, 
the festival was born. And so people could try was like 25 different beverages, um, sample different. Oh, 25. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. It was 18 vendors and I think 25 beverages. So, um, but yes, we have people coming in um, and, it, and it's something that like the beer, they're comfortable, like, because we allow the mix and match here, they're buying, yeah. um, trying different ones. Um, the wines and ciders, the liquors, they're a little bit more expensive. And so people are hesitant to try those, but this festival gave them the opportunity. And I think people were blown away. We had Bruce from Delmosa Beverages in Virginia here and people were blown away by, by that. And so, um, I think there's a lot of growth in that area. Um, and it's for a number of reasons. I mean, people are looking for the wellness aspect. Um, mm-hmm. people are looking for, I mean, I had somebody who's like, yeah, it's great after running a marathon, like they have athletic beer. So you still get that beer flavor, but you know, yeah. um, it's still, um, healthier for you. Uh, the spirits space, the non-alcoholic spirits, the, the wines, the, the cocktails, non-alcoholic cocktails. And so there's, there's that there's also, you know, people who are, um, looking to cut down, like during, we have a lot of people who will come buy non-alcoholic to drink during the weekend. They're still buying a lot of alcoholic beverages then to consume on the weekend. And so they're cutting back, but not cutting out entirely. And then of course we have the audience that is sober serious and, um, looking for that. And so it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting category for sure from the different audiences and the reasons why people are approaching non-alcoholic. And I think it's come a long way from even, you know, in the six years that we've been open, the number of offerings that are available, but the quality of offerings as well. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, and there's also a big spectrum of what's available. I mean, you have things that are, you know, completely different from beer as far as like uh, Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher, which is the seltzer flavored with hops, but it's, you know, 0.0% ABV. Um, And then you, you know, like you said, you have athletic brewing, which you actually get that, you know, beer flavor um, without the alcohol. So it's, it's really cool to see that that's still, um, progressing as a trend. I really don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, I I think where it's going to go is growth. You're going to see more of it, more people looking for it, um, and, and looking for different things and different alternatives. And again, it depends how much people are willing to explore. You, You know, you can, the, the non-alcoholic spirits is, I think, the one where I get people looking at me like, what is this and what am I supposed to do with it? And I'm like, look, I highly recommend you sample it to get the flavor of what it tastes like on its own, but it's not meant to be a shot. You're not going to get that warming feeling from the alcohol like you would a shot of bourbon, but it's meant to be made as cocktails or in cocktails, or also you could use it for what what's being termed half seas, um, where you use half real bourbon, half of the non-alcoholic bourbon in a cocktail or whatever beverage it is, um, in a cocktail. And so you're reducing, um, the amount of alcohol that you're consuming in that cocktail. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think more people 
again, they're skeptical at first, but then they start to, oh, okay, yeah, there's possibility here. And all these all these uh, manufacturers provide recipes on their website. I look at some of these and I'm just like, that sounds really good. And it's really simple. And so, um, like, even I could do that who, who keeps it pretty basic. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely... Um... You know, as somebody who has spent the last um, many, many months, you know, pregnant, uh, (laughs) I have sampled an ample amount of uh, non-alcoholic beverages. And there are definitely some really great ones out there. What were some of your favorites? Um, I mean, Hoppy Refresher was definitely something that um, I always kept in my fridge. Um, I really liked uh, the special effects from uh, Brooklyn. I I love Heineken 0.0 just because I have a very sentimental soft spot for Heineken. Um, but as far as non-beer, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as non-beer products, um, Liars, L-Y-R-E apostrophe S, um, they have a, their, their mock Aperol and Campari, um, both of those are really, I mean, spot on. Um, and they have a canned RTD uh, called an Amalfi Spritz, and it bas- it tastes exactly like an Aperol Spritz, but it's 100% non-alcoholic. So I really love that. Um, I think Ritual has a really beautiful gin, um, and honestly, Liars also does uh, a really delicious uh, Prosecco, or not not a real Prosecco. Um, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I know yeah, it's, there's it's, there's. I was just going to say the the wording and the language around it is evolving as well. Like Prosecco alternative or wine alternative, um, alcohol yeah. removed wine sort of thing. And it's like, I think there's some um, maturation that needs to happen there as well in determining, um, you know, I was actually meeting with Derek yesterday and talking with him and I said, what's the difference between no and low? And he's like, it's all over the board and depends what country you're in. And so um, just, I think it's going to evolve. So as the industry grows. No, for sure. Um, I've, I've done a, a, an episode on non-alcoholic beers and I feel like I could, I could do like a whole series on non-alcoholic beverages. Oh yes. Yes, for sure. And and I will say part of the reason I'm talking with Derek, we're in talks about doing another mindful drinking festival. Um, yes, yes. It will not be here because we don't have enough room here, but, uh, um, Watch for that coming soon. Yes. Um, speaking of exciting things coming up, um, I just wanted to get a quick uh, roundup of you know any beers that a, a lot of breweries do releases around this time of year and in the next you know month or so. Um, are there any um, that you particularly look forward to, or are there any that you're particularly excited about? Gosh, I don't. I, I was going to say, I feel it's, it's not that it's, I feel like a lot of them just came out. Like they try to hit that black Friday. Um, yep. and so I'm trying to think of any that are coming up and I, or are there any that are out right now that are, yeah. that, are that people should maybe look at and seek out? Sure. Um, the, like I said, the Jack Savvy framing hammer, the Baltic Porter and its series, we just this morning got in some Oxbow. So, um, including their sap house, which is a favorite amongst some of our customers. So it's back. Some of the Christmas sales, like I said, the Straffa Hendrick Christmas, always a favorite. The St. Bernardus Christmas, 
uh, Great Lakes Christmas, Mad Elf. Uh, those are out. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something that I just ran across. Oh, uh, Big Bad Baptist and its variants should be coming. We have the Big Bad Baptist, the the original. We're waiting for the mm-hmm. variants, but those should be coming soon. And then and Sil- Silver Branch in its Endless Odyssey variant series. <laughs> Yeah, I also, um, you know, as somebody who lives in Alexandria, I always look forward to Port City Tidings. Yep, uh, their, that is their out. Golden Ale um, release, which is always very exciting. No, I think there's there's some really delicious stuff that's you know out right now and will be continuing to get released. So, yes, um, yes. listeners, if you if, oh. if and then what? Sorry, sorry. I was no. also gonna say I'm gonna give a shout out. Tickets just went up. I'll put it on social media soon, but um, we have a beer and cheese pairing coming up with Right Proper here at the store and in-store tasting on December 15th. So um, Dave, who is their sales manager, and Kyle, who's the cheesemonger there, worked to put together three beers, three cheeses. Um, and we're going to do that here on December 15th. Nice. So. Yeah. The don't get me wrong, like Right Proper's beers are absolutely amazing, but their cheeses, wow. Yes, agree, agree. And put them together. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely brilliant. Well, so if you are, listeners, if you are in the D.C. area, definitely check out um, the uh, Craft Beer Cellar on H Street, but definitely check out their social media. Um, Erica's always really good about posting events with plenty of notice, but um, definitely definitely look into that cheese and beer event with right proper. That sounds, that sounds absolutely phenomenal. Um, well, Erica, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time, um, to come on the show. Any, anything else for listeners? I just want to say, um, first of all, congratulations, um, on (laughs) the new baby, Charlie, uh, to you and your husband. I was like, do I acknowledge this or not? But yes, I should. So congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, for having me uh, on the episode. It's always lovely chatting with you. Uh, And then thank you to our partners uh, since we're getting into the holiday season and and that sort of thing. But uh, the producers as well as the distributors, we couldn't do this without you. And thank you to all of our guests, customers, fans. Um, We appreciate you and wishing everybody a happy holiday season. I love it. Perfect. Yeah. So Erica uh, was so kind to point out she's had to put up with me uh, bouncing this entire recording. Um, <laughs> thankfully, Charlie has behaved the whole time, but I have calves of steel now. So, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, listeners, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out at Beer Me Radio on Instagram or beermeradio at gmail.com. Uh, we are available anywhere you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, give all the stars. We really appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. Cheers. Bye.